Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Log Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Christy Metter. I'm John Hendrickson. And, and welcome to, to Afraid, Afraid of the Dark. Dark. Even though it's still light outside. <laughs> How you guys doing? We took last week off. We hope uh, everybody's well. And before we start, just want to let people know that our show is not a substitute for professional, psychological, financial, or medical help. If you need any assistance in those particular areas, please seek it out with the appropriate professional. Absolutely. Um, so the other thing I wanted to share before we start today's show is we've gotten a lot of great feedback from people telling us how helpful the show has been and they're really enjoying it. So something you could do to help John and I would be to refer our show to at least one of your friends hmm. and or go online to the iTunes um, podcast or here on the YouTube channel and leave a review. We'd really love to hear from you and it will help inspire other people to come get the information that you're here receiving. So I got to say something right now. Your hair looks good. Thanks, you look, you look kind of glamorous. Hey. I'm looking pretty shabby. <laughs> I got the hat on. Thanks, Johnny. Well, you know, that's why I'm here. <laughs> it's funny because today, it's funny. Uh, I always say it's funny. I've noticed that when I listen to these shows back, that's kind of my little catchphrase. But I woke up today in a really sour mood, and it just coincides with the fact that it's cold, rainy, and icky out. It's been so beautiful for the past month. It makes me in such a better mood. So this has been a challenge to kind of be fired up and lift my spirits. So. I love today. And she loves this kind of weather. I love this. I mean, I, I'm yeah. like, I need a break from the sun. I'm not ready for it to go into balls out hot, you know? <laughs> well, it's going to just be like. What is. Elaborate on, elaborate on balls out hot. Total sun. Just scorching sun. Scorching sun. <laughs> we have to start the show out with a little comedy because we're going to start getting really serious. <laughs> hey. Balls out show today. You know, I'm learning more that. John's very theatrical. Uh, oh, <laughs> no. Anyhow, okay. So uh, today we are going to talk about how to create secure attachment with another person. And this is the second part of the show. So we started off the first part of creating secure attachment um, with how to create that with yourself mm-hmm. first, right? And, and the reason for that is because until you understand yourself, your boundaries, your needs, your feelings, what you want, all that in- information, which is the wellspring that you gather from, if you don't know that, then you can't proceed forward. So I'd say if you haven't heard the first part of the show, stop and go back. Yeah, I mean, we're always talking about self-awareness, and you got to be self-aware about, about yourself to really discover what all these boundaries are, to have a secure attachment with yourself, so you'll have a better idea how to share yourself with a partner. Mm-hmm. So definitely listen back to the other shows because it'll definitely help you when it uh, when it comes to what we're talking about today. Yeah. So, okay. So in the last show, 
as you know, we shared, if, if something happens to you um, inside, you get stirred by, by someone. Like, let's say, let's say, for example, this is something, one of my pet peeves, that you're getting to know somebody, and there's a flow going on, right? You have this nice flow, like a tennis, like a tennis match. There's a flow, right? A good rally go. She texts you, or she texts you, you text back, and suddenly, it just stops, right? You're like, hello. Like, <laughs> what's going on over there? So anyway, let's say that that happens for you, and you don't hear back from this person for quite some time, and then you do. Now, if you don't want to create secure attachment with this person, you won't say anything and harbor resentment and feel feel distrust inside or feel unsettled about something and just kind of push down whatever feelings got kicked up by that experience. And I think that's a good one to use because I think that happens when you say that happens oh, a lot yeah, when you're absolutely. especially cases and sometimes even after you've been with someone for a while, they yeah, kind of start just, disappearing. Well, it's one of those silly things. We don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. Uh, and all, right away, we're kind of building a relationship built on some insecurities and fallacies that uh, are going to definitely pop up down the road. So, in other words, rock the boat if you have to. <laughs> well, you know, the thing, as I said, we're moving into how to create secure attachment. I, some woman asked in one of our prior shows or on our Facebook page, uh, how do you create trust? And, and this is, we're going to, we're going to talk about that today because I don't know about you guys, but I'm so glad that I've had a lot of the training that I've had because without it, I would be swimming without any kind of, you know, guide or, you know, resources. I would just be floating around the water. I, I wouldn't know what I was doing. It's, it's really something that you have to, you know, take a training to understand and or become aware of. So, you know, when we, now we're getting into, building <clears throat> this secure attachment with somebody else. And so the first the first piece that we need to understand is in order to do this, we have to be able to be vulnerable. Isn't that a great word, Shara? <laughs> vulnerable. <laughs> Don't you love that word? Vulnerable. Oh, it's so... <laughs> why, did, why did you say, isn't that a great word, John? <laughs> is there something you want to say? <laughs> yeah, actually there is. Oh, dear but God. If, <laughs> so, Balls out. Here we go. <laughs> That's one thing that's cool when you're good friends with someone. Talk about vulnerability. You keep it real and you can, you know, say no filters. Well, sometimes we need to filter a little bit how we're presenting it, but sometimes uh, we don't. But anyway, so yeah, vulnerability is a word that I don't think, I know that when I still to this day do this work with someone or reveal myself, I don't like it. I still don't like it. In fact, Sometimes my throat will get a little shaky. And well, I think when we hear the word vulnerable, I think we automatically think of it perhaps as a weakness because mm. we're sharing we're sharing something that's important to us. It's and sometimes that can just be misconstrued as a weakness that we have. Yeah, but it's not just sharing who we are and how we feel. Yeah, or I like that to capitalize on that. Or or we are afraid that the person's going to use it against us. I yeah. hear that a lot. And or they're going to shame us. Um, after someone like me, uh, up until a few years ago, I was superwoman and I never had any problems. No one knew that I couldn't handle something. I was so good at just appearing completely together and, uh, just like I had it all figured out. So to say that I didn't or that I was disturbed about something or settled was petrifying. For me. Right. And, and being a guy again, 
I think even more so mm-hmm. using, the term, using the term vulnerable is not a masculine thing. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of ties in a little bit with our masculine feminine show. We did a few, few, well, maybe three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, men, we're all vulnerable. So, yeah. yeah, it's just a matter of whether you reveal it or conceal it, mm-hmm. like you were saying in that one show. Yeah, and, exactly. um, so back to, so we have to be vulnerable and, that vulnerability is being able to reveal, to share, and to let another person in on the information that they can't see about us, right? So, for instance, back to the example I used, which I think is a good example, um, like I said, the flow is going on, you're having this this nice kind of getting to know someone, and or you're used to a nice flow of, of connection with somebody via text, via phone, whatever, and it just stops, and they kind of that is definitely something that's going to stir you on the inside. And so being able to reveal that to the other person in a way, which is what we're going to talk about, in a way where you can still feel empowered and it becomes informational, that's how you start using vulnerability to build trust and to see who the person is on the other side. If the person on the other side is like, I just don't really care and that's Mm -hmm. your problem, which like we've all heard, I've, I've heard that. <laughs> you know, like someone, someone who doesn't know how to do this work will could shame you, could push it back on you and mm-hmm. be like, well, that's your problem. And I do anything wrong. And, and so that's not where we want to go when we're talking about secure attachment. We don't want to have the person on the other end. So what I do a lot of times before I go into revealing, yay, no, when I, <laughs> before I go into revealing myself, um, is I'll say to the person on the other side that's listening or, or holds space, I'll, I'll ask them, like, do you have the capacity to just hear me and mm-hmm. get to know me better? Because I, I want to share something with you about myself that's happening, that's going on inside me, so, so that we can under, you know, understand each other better and deepen our connection. And so when I phrase it that way, I usually tap waters, that's a good way to start, mm-hmm. as to, like, how the person is on the other end, right? Yeah. To see. If they look at you with a glazed look, and that's happened to me, please move forward. Because you're not going to really get, you're not going to have a safe kind of net or, you know, a safe place to do that kind of work. You're talking about testing the waters. I mean, we all, we're all pretty intuitive for the most part. It's just a matter of do we, do we listen to our intuitiveness? Because <laughs> I think we all can pick and different energies for people. So, I mean, if you're going to go down this road with somebody, mm-hmm. you're going to have a pretty good idea if it's somebody you can share this kind of information with, mm-hmm. if they're willing to listen. So, you know, and, and it can be tricky. Yes. And I've been in dynamics, whether they're friendships or, you know, intimate connections with people that were awesome until I brought up something. Mm. And then it was like, whoa, who's that over there? You know, they suddenly turned into this defensive. I found that more so with men, you know, in my my experiences, suddenly they think that they did something wrong or um, it was really hard for more of my male friends slash dating, you know, person um, to not go into defensiveness and mm-hmm. I'm not saying all of them. And I know that men definitely have the capacity, uh, but I just think it's harder. Cause one of the things that I learned from talking to a lot of men in my personal and professional life is they tend to feel that everything is their responsibility or it's like on their shoulders to kind of 
carry things out or get them done or it's it's on them to make things happen. So I think when they hear any kind of disgruntled statements that man can, not all, but some could tend to go into taking personally and or not being able to hear that it's not that they've done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So that actually that's another setup. That's another thing I'll say to someone before I test the words, you know, to do this attachment work is I'll say, you've done nothing wrong. This is just my experience that's happening inside of me. I've tried everything, man. I yeah, like, but understand when you say something like that to somebody, they're automatically going to be like, well, they're trying to sugarcoat it by saying we've done nothing wrong. Okay. That's just my take on it. Okay. It's just people, some people can sit and listen and not get defensive. And that's just, that's just a hard dynamic to do. Um, it doesn't matter. I think whatever gender, some people just, I think a lot of people have a hard time sitting and listening to someone really express yeah. what that issue might be, especially mm-hmm. if it's something that's coming from that other person. Yeah, and that's what we're going to go into, right. like the steps and stages of how to actually do this and put this in action. As we said in the last show, um, <clears throat> you can't sit in your own discomfort. I think we've said this in like five different shows. <laughs> I've been hearing this a lot. In your own discomfort, then you cannot sit and hold space for someone else when they're in this, when they're in their own discomfort. I mean, it's just, it's an alchemy, right? So my space, if I started getting unsettled right now and 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 loud, it would impact you. And you'd start to feel kind of stirred inside, you know. So what would you do with that? You know, would you run? Would you flee? Would you shut down? Would you yell? But I mean, so it's really, you know, it's. I find it's really an art to learn how to navigate through all of this. So, you know, basically, step one, right? both parties. So you sit down with a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a wife, a husband, a, a best friend, a bro, right? Someone, someone that you're close with that something occurred that really brought you, like unsettled you, right? So the first thing is that both parties have to be open to understanding and hold space to learn about each other. So that's step number one, right? I've heard a lot of people say, you know, it's about, you know, who's right or who's wrong or my point of view. And I'm like, okay, we have to revamp that to how can we understand each other's different points of view? Nobody's right. Everybody has their own take on something that happens. And you know what really hits that home for me, that point is talking to children that were raised by the same parents and completely having different experiences. Hmm. Right? So four or five children raised by the same parents in the same house all had a completely different experience of those parents and of, of that upbringing. Because our filters that we peer at the world through are our own unique subjective experiences. That's true. So when you bring two people together in a relationship, whether it's a friendship or relationship there is so much going on I mean there's so many levels of components so we have to go into the mindset of wanting to understand that person's system mm-hmm. and how their body is wired I've called it hardwired right so behind the curtain right what are my triggers what are what lights me up what activates me in a negative way in a positive way so that's the vulnerability that I share, that the person on the other side is hopefully willing to care about enough to actually listen and take in that information in a non-defensive way. Yeah, li- listening is a really 
tricky because we've all done this. We, we, we can have a, a really intense conversation with somebody and it's amazing how we will only hear what we want to hear when it comes to that conversation. Absolutely. Some now, somehow not hear other parts of that conversation. Absolutely. I mean, shit, I'm guilty of that. I'm sure you're guilty of that. It's, it's, never, really, never it's really difficult to just bring it all in and absorb it all. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not easy to do. It takes time. And, it's, and I think that's when you start hearing things that we don't like to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that trigger inside that may, makes us get a little antsy. And even though we think we might be handling it, we might start losing, uh, you know, losing what we're, what, what's trying to be projected to us by this person, yeah. by what they're saying. Absolutely. Yes. So that's why step two, thanks, John, <laughs> nice little segue into step two, which is, you know, the person listening, you know, the goal here is whoever's talking, first of all, who's ever sharing what activated them or brought them some kind of disturbance aside is calm. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And using I terms, like this is what happened for me. This is my experience. This is what I'm going through, how I felt. And the person listening, and this is what helped me, is to go into just really receiving and asking questions. So tell me more about that. Or I didn't know that you went into that place. What, why do you think that is? Like, what, what, what is that for you? Tell me more, right? Mm-hmm. So to go into like a question, question pointed kind of holding for this other person so you can really inquire into their experience. And while the listener is doing that, you're probably going to have a tight chest at times, or <laughs> this is just the reality of it, sure. right? You're going to have heat through your body, right? So it's like having to breathe. There's been times where I've asked, you know, the person on, that was talking to me, I'd say, hey, can I just have a minute? Um, you know, it's just, let me just, my body's getting a little activated. Let me, let me calm down. Let me just calm my body down a minute so I can get back to holding space for you because this is, this is too distracting for me. So again, me knowing myself, yeah. having enough mindfulness from doing my morning practice <laughs> every day gives me that awareness of like, okay, right now I'm starting to tighten and close in. And so my ability to be open is, that, not as that's really good. good advice because I, you know, I, I look back to the conversations that I've had in my lifetime that were, you know, really deep and serious and, you know, dealing with, especially with the relationships. And like you said, when you start to feel that a little bit of overwhelmness and you start to get tight, you know, I wish I would have realized, you know, mm-hmm. what, just give me a moment so I can collect my thoughts mm-hmm. and process this and get myself composed so I can really hear you. Because yeah. that's what I was saying a moment ago. We start to feel that way. And I think a lot of us aren't aware enough to know, you know what, let me just, I need to just take a step back for a second. I can fully hear what you're about to say. So let me collect things. Absolutely. So that's, that's really some really good information. Good. Uh, and I was going to say, too, I mean, how many times would, would it be so nice sometimes when you're having conversations, if you just like hit a tape recorder. <laughs> so you could so you could play back what was said because I guarantee you it'd be fascinating to realize, wow, I heard that, didn't hear that. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Well, now we have recording devices That's on phones. <laughs> it does everything but, for you. But, you know, they probably wouldn't like you to do that. Yeah. But it could be very helpful. But it's a good point in that you know when when we go into that triggered place like I was just saying where you get the tightness in mm-hmm. the the chest, like the heat running through the body, uh, the frontal lobe, which is right here. Hello. Right. 
It's recording information. It's allowing you to process. It starts to dim, okay? And we start to get a first light, which is back here, which is the reptilian brain, okay? So <clears throat> we have nerves that run down the spine. And when we get into fight or flight in the body, then we're not as receptive. We can't think for more global kind of multi-layered way. We go into this tunnel vision. So we have to recognize that. I eventually do a show on trauma because um, I think it's very important to understand that from not only a neurobiological standpoint, but also from an interpsychic and an interpersonal standpoint. So well, I'm just going yeah. piggyback a little bit on the recording part because one of the things that I really like to do with my coaching calls is I record the call and I always like to send a recording back to my clients because it's I think it's so great when you can listen back to what's being said because so much of it again gets lost it gets lost in the conversation between lost the two it does but when you can hear back you know the questions that are being asked and and what you're saying you it just puts a whole different dynamic and what is you know what's being said between the two people, and it's gonna it's gonna have much more of an impact when you're able to hear back what is, you know, being well translated to one another. And both ends sometimes. Oh, too. absolutely. Yeah. You know. So, um, like I said, the, so the person listening is asking questions, showing curiosity, and hopefully, in a a place of compassion and managing his or her own, own body during that, so they can stay present and not go off. Um, a fight or fight kind of response. Um, so the the person that's doing the revealing, right? This this is huge. I, I think it's huge. I think it's one of the greatest acts of bravery mm -hmm. that we can do as a person. At least it's been my experience to share someone you know, with someone our vulnerabilities and kind of like I always say, lift the curtain and let them see how we're hardwired um, inside and and what is going on. So. In other words, that example of suddenly the communication, the flow halting and completely changing, you know, what might be underneath that um, discomfort for the person that's, that's talking about it might be a fear of abandonment. It might be a fear of, you know, not um, the person not feeling the same way that they're feeling and, or that something's changed in the relationship or they've met someone. It doesn't, you know it's really hard to discern because everyone's so different, mm -hmm. but to be able to share from that place, right? Because what we're, what we're really doing is going into a place of sharing from your primary emotion, right? So, you know, we're not talking about, you know, the behaviors, like I was yelling and carrying on. Okay. What's underneath that? And mm -hmm. that's kind of what we've talked about this in other shows is getting really deep and clear before you talk to whoever it is. That's why the part one, the intimacy with yourself. Are you afraid of abandonment? Do you feel not, you know, feelings not being reciprocated? Um, there's so many different things that could be happening inside you under why you got uh, disgruntled or started feeling uncomfortable or unsafe in that connection. So this whole thing is going on and about that part, the primary emotion part? No, it's, I think it's, <laughs> I wish I would have had the skill set when I was younger, especially in some previous relationships, because, you know, I was, I thought I was a good listener, but I wasn't as good a listener as I thought I was when I was going through some of this stuff, especially in my previous marriage. And um, 
to understand why the emotions that would come out of my my ex-wife, for for example, <laughs> she was a very expressive individual, but never we never really got to the underlying issue of why she was so volatile. Mm. And yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, boy, it was a dynamic because you know we've talked about it before when when you have someone who's so combat- combative and um, volcanic like that, how the other party will have a tendency of shutting down. Yeah, the withdrawal so, yeah. and then the anxious attachment. So it's, you know, I, I wish I would have, well, yeah. granted, not going through that experience wouldn't have allowed me to grow and to understand and be these here situations right a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So it's, listening, again, is a very difficult thing to do and, and trying to understand what someone is trying to express when they're having difficulty expressing it can be difficult. Yeah, and, and you know, we're going to get to, to um, what I call co-regulation. It's actually um, at the attachment model of emotionally focused therapy. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, and, and that will fall into that example is how to hold space for one another mm-hmm. to, to help each other get primary emotions sometimes. If you're in a relationship with somebody and you're having a hard time expressing or getting to that awareness, we can use each other, right, as a way to do that. So we'll, we'll, get, back, we'll get back to more of that. But unfortunately, I like that example you just used. And unfortunately, your ex um, wife wasn't able to get to her primary emotions of, you know, fear or feeling out of control or who knows what it could have been for her, you know. But if she would have been able to go there, it could have been a very different conversation. Well, I think it ties in with what we talked about last show, secure attachment with oneself. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little bit of that too. Yeah, absolutely. And, oh, yeah. And it ties into me too, not asking the questions and holding better space for that person. Yeah. So. so that's the alchemy, mm-hmm. right? It's it's so contingent. And, you know, there's that myth, too, that I think we should throw in of, you know, women can get crazy and, <laughs> you know, lose it, yeah. right? And and they're, whoo, right? It's like, well, why are they being that way? A lot of times it's because their partner on the other end, be it a man or a woman, mm-hmm. is withdrawing. Right. And we're like, are you dead? Is there anybody? What's going <laughs> So what we do is we just get louder and bigger. And and we're like trying to elicit something, like give us she, something. Okay, I, I have to use this example again. Oh no! I'm sorry, my ex-wife. I'll never use your name now. <laughs> oh god! But she'd be like, "Hello in there. Are you alive? Are you alive?" Because <laughs> I just wouldn't say anything. It's like so you were a classic withdrawal. Oh, I was scared of her. <laughs> <laughs> and if you just shut down and don't say anything, it goes away, right? Oh, it made it worse. <laughs> but I'm saying, in your mind, you're like, if I just don't, if I'm just. Uh, well, you know, it's interesting. We're, we're, we're deviating for a minute off of where we were, but this is good information and a review. So when the withdrawer is doing that, when the withdrawer is just sitting there and like frozen, she's actually trying to preserve the relationship for real. They're, they're petrified and they're afraid if they say anything or do anything, it's going to further upset the dynamic. So they have a good intention. Just they don't know what to do. And they're, they're going to freezing. I mean, that's well, it's a trauma response. And it's like actually. I said, too, it, it, it shows it's a great example of two people that know themselves very well and have good communication. I didn't so, know that you froze that much. Oh, Damn. man, I was like a deer. <laughs> a deer in the headlights? If I was held hostage in the car, I'd be like, oh, shit. Here it <laughs> Just I'm stare like... straight ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry, guys. God. Sorry, guys. Okay, so... Anyhow, we're we're getting, <laughs> so we're getting back to um, 
once the person's able to reveal what it is that caused them to be triggered or to feel distraught, the person on the other end, can, and if they do it properly, can hold space and ask questions and then hopefully show compassion, like, wow, I'm so sorry. Like, I had no idea that's what happened for you. I get a lot of questions from people like, oh, what do you do? What do you say? Just show compassion. You know, like, wow, I think I know that's what women want from their partners mm -hmm. is for their mate to be able to say, I am so sorry right now, write down. I am so sorry right now that you're having such a hard time. I can see that you're so stressed. I can see that you're so overwhelmed. That's all we want. Yeah. And then we'll just melt and just fall into your arms, kind of, sort of. But it's, so it's that, it's that kind of mirroring and just compassion, right? So the person shares what's going on. The person holding space witnesses, shows compassion. There's a revealing. There's a deepening there. And then the next, you know, step five is after that process happens, the person that was witnessing and holding gets to speak mm -hmm. and say, can I tell you where I was coming from? Because, you know, that's not at all what I meant. And so there's this, like I said, this deepening on both sides of this is what I meant. And that the person on the other end is like, wow, okay, that's interesting. So you're both sharing your own internal worlds with each other. And that's what creates the trust. That is the root. That's how we start to feel connected, bonded, and deepening with another person. We're not just on the surface, kind of, you know, skating around, floating on the surface. We're like diving deep. We're putting on the oxygen tanks, and we're going in. Well, it's funny you're saying this because it ties back into our second show that we did on intimacy, you know, the seven elements that define a human relationship. So it's ironic that we're talking about this right now because it really does dive into how to create a really deep, intimate relationship. And having this kind of conversation where you're both holding space with each other, you're creating that trust. You're creating care for one another. And man, it's like you said, when you dive and start going in deeper and deeper, just imagine the connection that that's going to create between the two of you. And it just will, oh my God. Well, attachment research. Man. That getting deep with each other like this improves sexual connection. <laughs> off, no, it's off the charts. There's research that proves yeah. this because intimacy gets deeper and it gets more um, exciting and there's more desire because there's that deepening. We all write this down. We all want to feel to feel seen and witnessed by another person. Mm -hmm. We want them to know us. We are just scared. Because so much because of our past, because of how our parents could or couldn't hold space for us, whatever's happened to us growing up, whatever relationships we've been in in the past that weren't so good, we've suddenly got phobia. I think I I really feel like if we look at the 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 world right now, that there is this kind of disconnection from self and other that that ties into so many challenges. Well, it ties into that TED talk that I referred to with, with, you know, about the intimacy. I can't say that word very well because obviously I'm a guy and I struggle with intimacy, but I'm doing better with You're that. You're here. But, you know, they were talking about how emotional <laughs> safety between two people will create deeper yep. and more meaningful sex. Absolutely. And that's a scientific fact. I like that emotion. And it, 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 it's so true because when you guys can really share and feel safe and just hold nothing back, obviously that's going to 
deepen the sexual relationship between the two of you. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of people think, you know, let's let's, you know, go to these workshops and let's do and and that's cool. I mean, that could definitely bring like a new element. But where you're really gonna get the depth and what you're looking for is by learning how to do what we're talking about mm-hmm. today. And if you really want to delve in, I'm just gonna throw this out there because I am actually becoming certified in emotionally focused therapy for couples. It's um, Dr. Sue Johnson. It's her model based on the book, Hold Me Tight. I love it. After that training, it was the difference between going camping with a little tent and like a water bottle to going camping with like an REI tent with a bed up, you know, that's raised up in the jetty boil and all the accoutrements. You know, it was like, that's how you do intimacy. It made so much sense. And a lot of what John and I have been talking about, um, I've been referencing a lot about emotionally focused therapy. I just think it's the it's, it's, I don't know what else to say. I think it's true. It's just, it makes so much sense. So, okay, anyhow, so we just went into the person after they held space, then they could talk and say, this is what I meant, or this is where I'm coming from. And then, you know, concurrently, the person on the other end turns into the one holding the space. Mm-hmm. Or initially, they were the one that was revealing. Now they're holding and they're asking questions and managing their own body and their own triggers so they can actually understand what was happening to the other person. So why did the other person stop responding? So, you know, and why did the fluidity in the communication go away? Now they're getting to hear what happened for that person on the other side. Maybe their mom got sick or maybe, you know, something happened in their life that devastated them and they kind of shut down a little bit because they don't handle stress well. Or this is how we get to know each other, right? This is the part that takes courage and awareness. And as I said in the last show, if you have a substance abuse issue with alcohol, it doesn't matter what that you turn to to deal with discomfort in the body, you're not really going to be able to do this work, you know, because you're, you're stopping the process. That disturbance comes up and you're medicating it instead of turning to your partner and saying, hey, I'm really distraught right now. I need some, I need some support. That, that's where you want to be in a secure attachment is where your partner is the person that you turn to, not a substance, not a bad behavior or something like that that's going to take you away from yourself, right? This is relationship like this is for warriors, okay? This is masculine and feminine beyond measure. This takes the utmost courage and the utmost strength from the inside out to really do this work and to do it properly. The outcome is an opening of the heart like you've never known. And I can say that because I've experienced it um, in the past through going through, I went through couples therapy an ex of mine and it was profound and he was amazing and probably one of the most courageous men I've ever been with. You know, it's interesting because you're here, hearing your talk like this, I'm, I'm reflecting on what you said earlier when we started the show about, um, you know, a little bit of a tennis game mm-hmm. and I'm seeing, this is what I'm envisioning and this might be a, a great little um, metaphor or an example to use, but, you know, to have a really wonderful, beautiful relationship you guys need to keep that rally going. And a rally is where you can just hit the tennis ball back and forth yeah. to each other. And if it's inconsistent, like if there's a lot of unforced errors that occur, maybe my forehand isn't as good as yours and it's just it's a little bit weaker. Well, work on the forehand. Have the communication to mm-hmm. help, you know, get that forehand up to part where you guys can keep that rally going back mm-hmm. and forth. So, 
you know, I think that's just kind of a cool way to look at it. So when there's those glitches, some more unforced errors pop up. Well, let's work on it. Yeah. And having somebody standing out there like you, a coach, a mental health professional mm-hmm. to help, help you right. see it. Because a lot of times you can't see yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, because mm-hmm. sometimes it's very difficult as a couple to recognize, you know, why, why are we running into this issue? How do we fix it? How do we fix this? And I think that's where people struggle. They don't look for that outside help sometimes. Yeah. I know when my marriage was rocky, I was like, what the hell is a therapist going to do? Well, it, you know. And it could have helped. Yeah. It could have helped. I don't think it would have in the long run, but it probably would have helped initially. Yeah. To to at least understand each other better. Absolutely. So. So hopefully, you know, we've gone through seven steps of ways to deepen your partner and to create secure attachment. And hopefully it's making sense now um, how building the trust happens. Mm -hmm. So secure trust with yourself, Mm -hmm. understanding yourself, being able to bridge that self-awareness to another so that they can understand you and hopefully they can hold space for that and reciprocate and share just like that tennis match mm-hmm. so that you both can start to understand each other from the ground up, right? And start to, to deepen. It's not just about the surface behaviors. I remember there was, when I was doing couples work with uh, my ex, now ex, there was a behavior that he did that just drove me nuts. No, I would tell him to leave when he can, did it. Can you share he would pout and get extremely upset and act kind of like my dad did. So oh. for me, it was like people inside. I was like, oh, my God, no. And I didn't even know what was happening at the time. And I would tell him to go. And to, that's what, part of why we went into couples work together maybe like eight years ago. So it was a while ago. And, uh, you know, through the couples work, and this is, this is hopefully going to help solidify everything and, and together um, I found that there was this wound for him underneath and he was doing those behaviors for a reason and I started feeling compassion for him I was like oh okay so he's not trying to be a jerk or you know he's not you know acting like my dad on purpose <laughs> actually to understand who he, yeah, he was reminding me of, of a parent um, behavior that really really bothered me so once I got to hold space and he had the courage to share with me what was going on underneath the behaviors, the, the upset going on inside the body and the wound that was starting to get activated, I was like, wow, okay. And so I committed to the process so thoroughly that I wrote on flashcards everywhere. And I, I tell people about this. I had that one behavior partner does this behavior I'm going to do this and I had one next to my bed and in my car and in the bathroom and I just kept reading it to myself to keep it in my consciousness and so now we're talking about co-regulation right so I said to myself next time he starts to get unsettled and big like that go into that pouting kind of um, behavioral kind of thing I'm going to go into this role Right. And I remember the day it happened. He started doing the behavior. And I was like, I'm ready for you. I'm ready for that behavior because I committed to being a more supportive partner to him. And I said to him, babe, you're doing that thing. 
are you feeling this right now? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And it totally calmed him down. We were able to sit down together, we actually held hands, just looked in each other's eyes and breathing and we're able to talk through it. And that's co-regulation. Okay. So that is one of the benefits. When you find a person, bless their soul, their heart, that wants to do this conscious relationship with you, is you can help to regulate each other. When one of you starts to get um, into hyper arousal, so like, you know, start to get big and, and out of their center or, you know, hypo, you know, kind of gets like you, you did, like freezes, right? So you can work together as a team, each other's nervous system, right? If, if, you're, if one of you is able to stay kind of still centered. And that is such a gift to be able to do with another person because they know you, right? Because I knew what was happening underneath his behaviors. I was able to speak to that instead of go, oh, God, here we go again, right? How many times do we do that? Here we go again. I've heard men say that. It's <laughs> like you said in the car. Oh, here we go again. I'm driving yeah. and she's going to blast me. And I'm so sorry you went through that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but it, so it, it's this really beautiful way to reap. And, and first of all, you're transmuting energy. You're taking something that's going into one form and shifting it and making it into something else. And then, again, the result is that deepening. So this is another way to deepen co-regulation and helping each other get back to center so that you can understand each other and then go into that process, right? So that's those awesome. seven steps, we can't do the seven steps if somebody's dysregulated and big and going into something. And, you know, I just want to add one more point to that. I'm talking a lot tonight. Um, <clears throat> You know, if somebody's getting really big, sometimes we have to be able, especially, you know, whether it's the guy holding, you know, with his woman or whoever it is, two men, two women, one of you know, one of the partners is getting too intense and out there. It's okay to be like, hey, we need to stop. We need to pause. This is, mm-hmm. this is too much. We, no, nothing's going to get solved here. Let's take five minutes and let's come back. And or I'm going to go in the other room for a few minutes. And sometimes they won't let you, so you need to kind of step away in some some way. There, but there's a way to do it to say like I love you, and I'm going to come back. But you're you're too out there right now. So if they won't let you help to come back to center, like can I give you a hug right now? Can I what can we do? And they're like, no, just leave me alone. I've been there before where I'm just like, leave me alone, <laughs> leave them alone. But come back, come back. So we need settled, calm nervous systems. We need the frontal lobe on board. We can't be in butterfly. And then we go back into the process of steps yeah. one through seven. It's true. I mean, how can you have a how can you have a real conversation if there's a hurricane? Or you just totally. can't. Great way to look at it. They're not gonna. They're just not gonna be able. To, they won't be able to express themselves in a really meaningful way because they're so fired up. I like that. So if the hurricane starts. If the other partner recognizes it, mm-hmm. you can co-regulate and say, hey, you're starting to get really big. Can we take a breath? Or can we – so before it gets into a full-blown hurricane, right, where <laughs> it's just circling through your space, your hair is askew. You know, I don't like when my hair gets messed up. So <laughs> anyway, um, so, so hopefully um, this has given you insight into how to have trust 
and secure attachment with self first, right? Which is which is your wellspring that you pull where all your information comes from in order to do it with another, right? And giving you a good map to be able to navigate this, um, it is truly worth the work. Oh, I mean, absolutely. it's it's profound. The, I remember when I was doing math therapy, I never felt such trust and such a heart opening ever in my life. I was like, this is how that feels. Because I, I, I had been working for it for so long, wanting to feel that rooted, safe, connected. So I was amazed he showed up because he drove his own car to the first session of the couple's work that I was doing. I was like, <laughs> really? Because I'm not an easy person, you know? I require some grit. I do, you know? So anyhow, I think it requires work and courage and strength on, you know, from each person to turn and face each other at the same time. So when he pulled up that day to the session, I remember saying to myself, oh, man, it's on. Like, mm-hmm. we're doing this. <laughs> it's like being called out, like turning to face each other at the same time, not doing that love and dance where one of them's leaving and you're chasing and then. They turn around, and you're like, oh, I'm out of here. Now I'm avoiding. And, like, turning and facing each other at the same time is a profound act of courage. Yeah, I haven't used the word consistency in a while. And to me, once you get to this level of communication, again, communication, how important is that? Self-awareness, how important is that? Paying attention to all these variables is, is vital to really having this this intimate attached relationship so once you start to form it be consistent with it you you are finally sharing and listening and more importantly hearing what is being said be consistent with it because it's one of those if we're not careful we might dive into it a little bit then quickly kind of take our foot out you know so be consistent with it and just keep going deeper with it i think that's the other thing if, if your partner is receptive to it and you're feeling feeling that safe, connected um, between the, that connection between the two of you, go deep with it. Mm-hmm. trust it, keep sharing, be consistent. Because so. if you don't, it turns into what I call a brick of resentment, mm-hmm. right? Suddenly you don't address something, you let go. I've done that in the past. And it just you slap a brick down and then you slap another well, brick on cons- top and then this wall work. It's yeah, this wall work. starts to form a connection. You gotta keep consistently going because there's always gonna be something that's gonna pop up eventually that's going to trigger something in you. And you don't want to hold on to that resentment or that, that trigger that's got you a little bit fired up. Mm-hmm. Express it so they understand it. So you guys can come to you know some some form of a common ground with it. And when it's tells you he needs a minute give him a minute mm-hmm. okay if he says I, I need to step away for a few minutes um let him i know a lot of times uh I, from uh, women that i know that that just irks them deal with it take a breath manage yourself give your partner some space to to figure out the process differently than women it takes yeah. them it takes them a minute they have to kind of go through different um levels than we do a woman can know in like three seconds why she's doing something, what's going on, where it stems from. But, you know, it's we do. I do. Um, 
believe that. Well, I'm, and I, I dated a man where it became a meditation. I would ask him a question, and I would literally go into a presence meditation waiting for his response. And it could take, oh, I don't know, five minutes. I got, I got really good at it. You would have me. I was a total processor. Oh, Jesus. I just have to process, think. Yeah, but at least I'm not. I'm doing my nails. I'm not coming out with this volatile response. No, that's I great. need process so I can come up with a, yeah. well, a very calm response. Absolutely. So I can look at it in all the different angles, at least hopefully look at it in different angles. I do now. I <laughs> but now I do. So it's good. All right. So cheers to uh, creating secure attachment. And hopefully we've conveyed the benefits of it. And it's so good for your nervous system to, to feel up that calm trust mm-hmm. that we're all wanting and craving, but not putting the work in. And hopefully it's only because we haven't known the steps. You guys haven't known the steps. So we hope that this helps bring you closer to um, the end goal of being more securely attached and feeling safer in all your connections. Um, if you want to know about me and the work that I do, please visit my website at trustaftertrauma.com. And if you'd like to get some one-on-one coaching with me, Balance by Design Coaching. So to tie it all together. Yeah, tie it. You know, try to find that common great rally between you and your partner. Find that consistency where you guys can keep that ball in play and just get better as you go along because we all want to improve as partners and uh, a way to improve in improving that relationship. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great evening. Yeah, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next Wednesday. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.